Welcome to the Unnamed Murder Podcast. Murder Podcast. How is everyone doing? Glad to have you back, as always. Yes, we hope you've had a wonderful week and have been extra excited for the last in our Survivor series. I am. No, I know you are. Oh my gosh, it's one of our faves, isn't I it? I love this case. This case is so good, but we have to give you a little Quizlet first. Of course, it wouldn't be the Unnamed Murder podcast without the Quizlet. It would not be. It's the highlight of my week. And it's my turn to give a little Quizlet to Ellie. So, are you ready? I was born ready. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> Which of these is the odd one out and why? Oh, God. Oh, they're films, by the way. I okay. I should have put the word film in there. Okay. Anyway, one, seven... Okay. That sounds confusing. What number one is the, the film, film seven. seven? Yes, I'm aware of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, Zodiac. Okay. Three, Psycho. Four, Saw. And five, <laughs> Creep. I've made that really weird with like having one seven and four saw a rhyme there. I've, I've... Okay, so number one is seven. Yes, number one is seven. Okay. Um, two is Zodiac, three is Psycho, four is Saw, and five is Creep. I've never seen Saw or Psycho. Oh, okay. no, which, uh, no, I've seen Saw. I haven't seen Psycho okay. or Creep. Okay. What's Creep about? Well, I'm not you telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, I think the odd one out might be seven. Okay, and what is your... What is your I think that the others are based off real killers and Seven is a made-up killer. Okay, you've got exactly the right reasoning, but the wrong answer. Oh, no! Okay, okay. It's Zodiac, because that's the only one based off a real killer. <laughs> I got, so I got the right answer, but the complete opposite. You got the like, right reasoning, but the you, complete opposite, opposite answer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I couldn't be more wrong, basically. Yeah, really, but like the thinking was there. And to be fair, because you haven't seen a couple of them, that was probably quite harsh, but after I got zero on the one last week, I wasn't going to be nice. <laughs> oh, ouch. Okay. So, there we go. Oh, that's really interesting, actually. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Seven, they made him up. Yeah. He, okay. Yeah. Zodiac's based on the Zodiac killer. Yeah. Psycho's obviously Norman Bates, who's made up. Saw is obviously Jigsaw, who's made up. And Creep is actually quite a good film. It's about this, like, unusual man that basically hires this video videographer uh -huh. to like do this like video about his life oh. but the guy's just is he a bit of a creep he's a little bit of a creep well, um... hence the name oh, i love it yeah. i love it nothing love gets it. past you because i thought psycho that alfred hitchcock basically based him off of real killers so there's my thinking like i, I can see why you not a real that. one yes yeah, so that kind of threw me off otherwise i totally would have got that right yeah, you were almost there. I was almost there, yeah. yeah. Almost there, apart from completely the opposite. <laughs> but, yeah, I think all the others, even if... Because some of them, yeah, do have a basis in real life. But yeah. the Zodiac's the only one that's actually about the Zodiac killer. The others are all fictional. So oh, That's a good go. one. I really enjoyed that. Did you enjoy that? Yeah. There we go. Oh, nice. Bit of movie knowledge as well. Yeah. So, and you know, guys, if you want to comment and say if you got it right or what your thoughts were and what your reasonings were, we always want you to play along. Like that should be a given by now. So you better tell us how you did, or we'll be yeah. Very thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, she worked very hard. Also, did you notice that all the films were one name? Yeah, I picked out ones with one name to make a little little pattern there. So you made that. You made that on yourself. I did. <laughs> Just I'm really bright. Yeah. Um, but anyway, moving on to today's episode, I think this is actually one of my favourite true crime stories 
of all time. Agreed. It's just... I love it. Yeah, it's oddly, like, heartwarming. Yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. So, go on, I'll let you do the honours. Oh, exciting. Okay, so today we're talking about, which you may have seen on our socials, we're talking about Susan Kuhnhausen, or the attempted murder of Susan Kuhnhausen. So today we are talking about the story of Susan Kuhnhausen. As a little bit of background, um, Susan and Michael, her husband, have been married for 17 years. And in 2006, Susan asked for a divorce um, from her husband. He'd been quite emotionally abusive. And, you know, our girl Susan didn't want to be involved in that anymore. No, he was an alcoholic as well. He was. Yeah. He was just a bit of a bad egg. Mm. Not good enough for our Susan. No. And on September 6th, 2006, um, Susan returned home from work at the Providence Hospital. She stopped via the hairdressers and I think actually mentioned to the hairdresser that she was going through a little bit of a messy divorce. Yeah. So she then, after, you know, getting a new hairdo, she arrived home at around 6.30 and she noticed some odd things within the home. For example, the curtains were closed, um, which was quite unusual as she always opened them before she left and she was sure she opened them that day. But her husband, Michael, actually did still have access to the house. So I think she thought perhaps he'd been round. Yeah. But it definitely, she did think it was suspicious. And then to sort of confirm her suspicions, a five foot nine man came out of the bedroom wearing yellow gloves and carrying a claw hammer. He struck Susan on the left temple with the blunt side of the hammer. So as we mentioned before, Susan was an ER nurse. So with her experience, she had to deal with a lot of violent patients and was well trained in restrainment and self-defense. This kind of helped her to overcome the attacker, which was really lucky for her, actually. Um, she pushed him against the wall. And that's when he, he mentioned the only words he would ever say to her that evening were, you're strong. So that kind of really got her adrenaline pumping to, you know, not give up and like keep fighting. No fucks with Susan. No, no, no. Um, She kind of realised at that point when he said, you're strong, that it was kind of apparent that he wasn't just there to, you know, it wasn't just a burglary gone wrong. He was actually there to kill her. Yeah. Yeah. And with the rubber gloves as well, she was kind of like putting two and two together and like looking in his eyes. And like she said that the look in his eyes was like a man who wanted to kill someone. So thinking that he was there to kill her, she says, who sent you? And he doesn't answer. She demands again. She's like pushing him against the wall. She managed to wrestle the hammer back off of the attacker um, by sort of pushing her weight against his arm. She's trying to restrain him and he manages then to get the hammer back. So she has no choice. Now he's got the weapon back to kind of incapacitate him in any, any way she can. So she throws her body onto him and grabs him by the throat. So she asks him again, who sent him? She's trying to get as much information out of him as she can. The attacker was unable to breathe because she had such a strong grip of his throat and he turned purple. Um, he lets go of the hammer because he's sort of like losing consciousness. She tries to get the hammer off of him and make a run for it. That's when he sort of regains consciousness really quickly and then comes back up the hallway chasing after her. But at this point, obviously, she's got the hammer. So he just like attacks her with his bare hands. She's um, being like, punched in the face. She gets a split lip. She manages to sort of grapple him to the floor. And that's when she, I think she couldn't reach the hammer anymore. So she just like does whatever she can and bites the attacker, um, which I love. Yeah, I think that's such a good like self-defense. If I'm ever attacked, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to bite. 
because she wanted to leave um, a trace of her on him, which is like such smart thinking in yes. that moment. She was like, okay, I'm going to leave my teeth marks on his body. So she bites him on like the flank, <laughs> <laughs> the thigh and the arm. Just... Well, they say, don't they, that if you like, you can bite through a finger, like you can bite through a carrot. Yeah. If you put enough strength in it. Yeah. So that's pretty strong. Yeah. That's quite a good weapon. Yeah. It's your mouth. Yeah, because yeah, she could draw blood if she wanted to, exactly. or maybe get some of her DNA, I don't know, on her in that way. But yeah, good, good smart thinking, Susan. Um, she also, in the attack, tried to search through his pockets. So she was trying to look for some ID or something that she could fling under some furniture. Where That's very she, smart. It's so smart. She thought, if I'm going to die here, I want something of his to be found in my house. So, again, like such smart thinking, critical thinking in yes. this like moment of attack. I love it. Um, yeah, so she pins him down again. She manages to get on top of him. Um, put him in a chokehold until he was no longer responsive and that's when she thinks it's quite safe like he's not answering and he's not breathing anymore she grabs the hammer and she runs to her neighbour Anne's house to call the police the fight in total lasts 14 minutes wow mm. I don't think I could have that expel that much energy for 14 whole 14 minutes. minutes yeah but that's that's it. the amazing thing is like she had she was so lucky to have that training yes to be able to overcome a man that was a lot bigger and stronger than her yeah well obviously not stronger no so the police are called they eventually arrive to the house and they find 59 year old edward haffey dead he was a known criminal with a really long rap sheet dating back to the mid 80s he was also convicted of trying to organize the death of an ex-girlfriend in the early 90s as well so not a good egg no definitely a bad egg yeah. um and he was also a drug addict i think i also found something online to say that Haffy was actually uh high when he was like going through the attack oh really yeah that's not wise couldn't take drugs on the job no but i like to think susan would have got one over on him anyway oh 100 even if it had been sober you know oh susan susan had it no like match. yeah no match at all for Rousseau, a girl Rousseau. um so on happy's person they found the rubber gloves that he was wearing the marigolds which i really like <laughs> <laughs> those are washing up gloves, gloves, aren't yeah. they yeah i love the thought of uh yeah that he just thought i know what i'm gonna pick the closest thing i can find yeah not even like gloves. not even like doctor's gloves like he's gone for the proper housewife of the 50s yeah doing the washing up Do you gloves think they had the little bit of like fluff around the bottom <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, they also found, I love this, a bottle of chocolate syrup and diabetes pills. <laughs> what? I mean, like, he's got his priorities a bit mixed up here, isn't he? I feel like, you know, you can get a sugar from an apple and yet yeah, he's gone <laughs> for the chocolate syrup. Yeah. Can you imagine if that's what, like, Susan had thrown under the bed? Like, <laughs> chocolate, syrup. chocolate syrup. And then, you know, the police were like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really have led to, unless it was labelled Edward Haffey. Edward Haffey's chocolate, chocolate syrup. syrup. Yeah. Please return to this address. <laughs> Here's my phone number. Yeah. It's lost. <laughs> I rely on this for my diabetes. Um, it wasn't until the day after the attack that the connection would be made. Susan and her neighbour Anne returned to the house the day after the attack to collect some belongings because she was going to be put into protective custody. She goes down to the basement of the house to grab the final items when she saw a backpack she didn't recognise. Inside the backpack was a key to her house, a payslip in Haffy's name, as well as a pocket diary. In the diary, on the date for the 4th of September, so this is two days before the incident 
the incident was on the 6th, um, was the note, call Mike, along with his phone number. So Susan starts putting the pieces together and calls the police and is like, I think there's some connection between this guy and my soon-to-be ex-husband. Seems super suspicious. Yeah, that's a familiar name, Mike, isn't yeah. it? All oh, pieces are. No, maybe it's different Mike. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it turns out that Kathy and Mike used to work together at an adult video store and were still in touch. Well, there you go. I, I find the adult video store such a weird detail of this case that that's where he works. Yeah, like it wasn't a, like a blockbuster. No, like a it's like a porn video. Yeah, which makes shop. things a little bit more seedy. <laughs> it's a bit seedy. Like two old men working at an adult video store. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You do you, but also... Yeah. Creepy. Um, and that is when she learned that her husband had paid hitman Edward Haffey $50,000 to kill her. So her husband, Mike, as we mentioned, Michael Kuhnhausen, uh, fled and after leaving a suicide note was found in hiding in Sunnyside a week after the attack and was arrested. Yes. And Michael pleaded guilty to conspiracy to murder and was charged with solicitation of aggravated murder and he was sentenced to 10 years. And I know that Susan obviously was very worried when this happened i think she was still worried that he was going to try and pay while he was in prison yeah to get someone on like someone who maybe knew someone from the outside to commit the crime against it commit another yeah like, yeah what's what's it called an order against a hit oh hey yeah, yeah. Hit. i wasn't sure what you were talking an about order. Then, an order yeah i, I have an know. order of murder for you yeah i don't know that's very professional <laughs> yeah. it's not that professional is it it's not order hit. a hit yeah, to order a hit. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. what we say. To order a hit against her. And he had been, I think, also quite worried that when he came out after the 10 years, that he was going to, you know, kind of attack her again. Yeah, 10 years isn't really that long. It isn't for trying to get someone murdered. Oh, that feels like not that long of a time. No. And she also tried to um, go to a local shooting range to like sort of brush up on some skills. And um, she kind of kept a, a like backup plan of what she would do if he ever got out. Yeah. So she was prepared. Yes, exactly. But he actually died of cancer six months before his release date. Six months. Six months. Yeah. 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 Jeez. So, and um, Susan now, she focuses on advocacy and on promoting and developing a web-based portal for crime victims, which I think is fantastic. Mm. It's, you know, I think it's really important when the victims of these crimes, well, not that I would say she was a victim because she was <laughs> pretty badass. Yeah. But that she has created something that helps other people that have gone through something similar. I think that's fantastic. And um, she now is Susan Walters is what she goes by now because obviously she doesn't want the surname of Dirty Mike. So Oh yeah, we don't like Dirty Mike. We don't like Dirty Mike. Yeah. And um, also she did feel that she got an immense amount of support from police and the justice system during the kind of arrest and before his sentencing and said that once Mike was incarcerated, she kind of felt that that support kind of dwindled a little bit, which is quite sad, I think. And that's why she put quite a lot of her effort into victims' like rights advocacy because she didn't want anybody to go through that kind of feeling of feeling really supported and then as soon as that person goes away, just like feeling that fall. Yeah. She just wanted everybody to be able to like, um, I think on the website you can like track their court dates um, and their sentencing and like That's when good. they're going to be released. So there's like a constant stream of support that maybe she never really got. Yes, so, I think people are often um, interested in the macabre details, aren't they? So once the person actually gets put away... Maybe mm. that's when people sort of take less interest. But obviously for the person that it's affected, it doesn't just go away like that. And also for the justice system, it's kind of like 
yeah, what we've needed to do is done. Yeah. So why should we care about this victim anymore? But yeah. their lives still go on. Of course. And I think another important aspect of this case is that Susan, obviously, um, in self-defence, but she had to take a life. Mm. And I think that is something she struggled with because people would say, you know, oh, she's a hero, which I think she is. Yeah, but she said that there was that guilt that she felt of having, she never wanted to take a oh, human course, life. Yeah. Like, you know, she was a nurse. She was, you know, wanted to help people. Yeah, save lives. And I, but I remember... Um, she said, I think it was a boss she was speaking to or maybe a colleague or I could be wrong about who exactly. But she said, you know, people are calling me a hero, but I've taken a life. Mm. And he said something that I actually think is quite poignant, which is that, yes, but it actually gives people hope. Like yeah. if someone attacks you, that, that isn't the end. So I think that is, it, yeah, I think it does give people that sense of hope, doesn't it? Yeah, and obviously she never wanted to take the life, as you say. Um, and she did actually say in an interview that she started obviously thinking about his family and the fact that there were people in his life that loved him. And, you know, she ha he had like a family or a mum and a dad or maybe a sister or a brother or something like, or even kids. And that kind of got to her quite a bit and yeah. kind of didn't help, um, I think just her state really quite after the, the attack. Um, but that would be something that you would be really kind of like, because that can't be an easy thing to go through. Knowing oh, you've taken a life. Knowing, yeah, it's like, okay, you put me in that position where it was me or you and I picked me. I mean, we would all like to think that we would do that. Yeah. But it comes, I guess, with a bit of a price. Yeah. So what do we think about the case of uh, Susan Kuhnhausen? I think this actually could be my favourite case of all time. Yeah, me too. I just love it. It's such a good survival story. Yeah. Do you remember when we first watched, like, a video on it? It was, like, on a YouTube, wasn't it, that yeah. we watched? And I remember afterwards we were just like, oh, my You're God. Sorry, what? Yeah. Because you're thinking, oh, God, oh, no, an attacker. Oh, no, poor poor woman. And then it's like, sorry, what? Yeah. She killed him? Yeah. I love it. And, guys, you have to, like look up a picture of her because she is the sweetest looking woman she has such a lovely kind smiley face i just love the idea of her beating the shit out of this hitman when she's 51 i know and like five foot four. Oh gosh what a cutie i love susan yeah susan is absolutely badass but i actually have a picture on of her over the fireplace my mother used to always say that's the goddess of the heath and we could have susan with a little like <laughs> halo on yeah. her head i love it yeah so thinking about the case really I just think it's amazing that she was able to kind of muster that kind of strength and yeah. had that kind of survival instinct to take that person out like I honestly think if that happened to me I would crumble into a million pieces and not know what to do I'd just be flapping about but the fact that she had such clarity of mind to know okay I'm gonna find something in his pockets to throw under my furniture I'm gonna bite him to leave a mark like I know she had medical training but it's the clarity of mind that I just find absolutely astounding yeah it's the lack of panic but yeah. something that i'm really impressed by is obviously how good the like nurse training is for that self-defense like it was obviously fantastic training which i'm really happy to hear about yeah. and yeah i don't think you're right also about the maybe being a nurse someone that has to think quickly and correctly to make sure they're you know doing the right thing because yeah, obviously if you do true. something wrong there could be bad results maybe that sort of forethinking is what helped her to yeah. get ahead of the situation yeah because she was an er nurse wasn't she so it needs to be like emergency critical thinking what am i going to do in this moment yeah the most important thing also let's not forget that this all happened after a 13 hour shift you know she must have been tired no that's yeah i mean i have like 
a nine hour shift and I'm literally sitting in a chair yeah and I'm dead to the world I sometimes take a nap on my lunch break so <laughs> yeah, yeah sometimes I'm a tired, <laughs> I'm like, little 40 minute nap and you know I'm absolutely knackered so to be able to go from a 13 hour shift then get your hair done then go be the shit out of a hitman that's just very impressive <laughs> do you think that day she knew she was like writing in her diary like what she was going to do for the day so i'm going to go to work i'm gonna i'm gonna go to my hairdressers i'm gonna kill a guy um uh, in self-defense um, <laughs> yeah. and then you know go and see my neighbor yeah do you think she knew that was how, how it's gonna end definitely yeah. yeah i think uh yeah yeah it was definitely on the cards but also something else is that uh, do you remember when the neighbor was ringing the emergency services <laughs> oh my god yeah basically was like oh you know you need to send like the police and an ambulance my neighbor's just been attacked in her home and they were like oh oh is she okay and they're like yeah she's okay <laughs> but the guy you need the ambulance for you the need guy. the ambulance for the guy it's like that you know childish thing that people say when yeah. they've got like a black eye and someone's like oh you get in a fight and they're like yeah but you should see the other the guy, guy. <laughs> but it's actually true <laughs> So I think that's such a. Can I think you that's imagine such a funny detail. coming to the door like, oh, oh my god, ma'am, are you okay? Is everything okay? Like, do you want to sit down and tell me what happened? It's like, yeah, you should just go check on that guy though, because I think he's dead. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, this, this, he needs your support. Yeah, I'm fine. Oh. Because um, also, I saw when we were researching on a blog, um, somebody had commented that they used to be a neighbour, um, of oh, really? Mike and Susan's. Yeah, and um, this is on um, Jim Fisher True Crime Blogspot. This is the yeah. This this is the blog. If you want to check it out and read the the comment, then I think it's really interesting. Um, basically, he was saying that in the early two thousands, he lived across from the Coonhausens, um, and he was in the garden. And Susan was shouting to Michael to move, um, like a potted plant, like a bush. Um, and he was like moaning and groaning about, oh, I don't want to do that because I think it was a bit of a waste of space. Um, and he tried with all his might to pull this bush because it was in a really heavy kind of like I think like terracotta pot or something. Oh, okay, yeah. eyes bulging, whatever. And it was obvious that he couldn't do it. So she just she just goes, oh, fine, I'll do it myself. And just, like, lifts the thing like it's, like, I don't know, piece of polystyrene over. <laughs> and it's just, a, like... I love that. Without breaking a sweat. I like to imagine that she just, like, grabs it in one arm and carries it against her hip, <laughs> just, like, yeah. and then just places it down. Yeah. I want to have that strength. I want to be super strong that I can just like carry all the terracotta pots on your head and beat all the hitmen that I come into contact with. That's yeah. what I'd like. That's my new fitness goal. He said, um, this this commenter said, a few years later when I heard of the traumatic attempted murder that went wrong, I remember thinking that it was a good reason that Michael didn't try and kill her himself. She's a big woman. <laughs> I love that quote, Susan. Yeah. Shut you out. Forever teaching men not to mess with her. Good. That's what we need. More of that. More role models like Susan Coonhausen, please. Yeah. Susan Walters. Susan Walters. Yes, exactly. We love you, Susan. We love you. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thank you for listening. We do have a little bit of a change to let you guys know about. We're going to be uploading every two weeks instead of every one week. I know you'll miss us, but just think of how much relaxed and you know, energetic will sound after a week's rest. Exactly. And we promise that all of our episodes will just be as amazing as they've always been. And yeah. we'll just make you work a little bit harder for it. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Treat them mean, keep them keen. Exactly. Um, don't forget to follow us on all, all of our platforms. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Good Pods, Podchaser, um, Podbean. Podbean, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts, basically. Just Google or search rather 
the Unnamed Murder Podcast, and there we will be. Yes, and follow us on Twitter. Oh, yes, yeah, we're very active on there. If you want to give us any feedback or like rate us five out of five stars, that would be fantastic. Please leave us a little rating. We would love to see. It would make our it would make our whole year. It really would. Yeah. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.